0: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today, your host, Katherine Jones, on This Needs to be Read. Today's book is so spicy. I think you better make sure that you have your headphones in your ears. This isn't for the kids. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Learning about something I've used all of my life, finding the history behind it, and to find out that Sex is the reason that the internet even got started. Is like a <clears throat> that blew my mind just now. So, the book that we're going to read today or share today is How Sex Changed the Internet, and the Internet Changed Sex: An Unexpected History. Our guest today is Samantha Cole. Welcome to This Needs to Be This Needs to Be Read. How are you?
1: I am good, Catherine. How are you today?
0: Fantastic. I think I wanted to say this needs to be sexed. I don't know what I was about to say. (laughs) Tell us about Motherboard. Is that where you normally are given information on this topic?
1: Yeah, so I'm a journalist at Motherboard, which is Vice Media's uh, tech outlet. Uh, I've been working at Motherboard for about six years now, and during that time I've mostly been writing about sexuality and gender and sex education and things like that, all topics that are covered in this book. So normally I'm doing more news type work um, as a journalist, but this book is more of a history of how we got here today.
0: And let's just go right into how did we get here today?
1: <laughs> it's a long story, yeah, um, yeah. So kind of going in a big, um, you know, wide view of the history of the Internet um, and how I grew up alongside sexuality and how we express ourselves. Um, so you know, I, I start in the book with um, in the 70s and the, the late 60s talking about um, the invention of the internet and how um, you know very early on, the earliest ways we started communicating on the internet, which through like, bulletin board systems and internet, things like that um, were very quickly used to talk about sexuality, talk about porn and share pictures and uh, share stories and things like that and find like-minded people, um, so it was very much kind of right from the jump. Uh, we see sexuality coming up
0: with how people use the internet uh, back then. When I read that in your book, I thought, what was the first thing I did on the computer outside of learning how to type? Um, it was chat rooms. It was more <clears throat> dot matrix kind of looking. It, it looked but compared to yeah. now, it looks like something prehistoric. But it was always a chat. I remember there always being some form of a chat, a chat room, or you have an online buddy, sort of a pen pal system, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and you were, even without the avatars that are coming now, that are here now, you were able to have conversations with people and be whoever you wanted to be. And the discovery even back then with the low tech that we had of, I'm not really talking yes. to who I'm talking to Um was was hurtful, you know, it's like, oh, I've been deceived on the computer, you know, yeah. and now we have <laughs> more access and more creativity to be deceived even more, um, and mm-hmm. I want to know what is a deep fake, so I'm wondering if what I'm talking about now is going into the deep fake world. I didn't look it up. I didn't read that part in the book. I want you to talk to me about it. I want it to be completely yeah green when you tell me.
1: Yeah, going blind.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, when we're talking about deep fakes, that's a, that's an invention that came up just in the last few years. Um, So deep fakes are a way to use algorithms to swap someone's face onto someone else's body in a really realistic way. Um, Mm. And yeah, I was one of the first journalists to kind of to or the first journalists to write about deep fakes um, and to kind of explore what this would mean with you know our concept of what is real, what is real, what is reality, what is true, uh, what we see on the internet um, because if you can yeah. put someone's face on someone else's body and make them do you know lots of other things, um, that would be uh, devastating. So the earliest ways people use deep fakes were in porn. you know they wanted to see a celebrity in their favorite. Uh, sex tape. Um,
0: yeah.
1: So they would take pictures of, you know, like Scarlett Johansson, for example, was a really big one. They would take her face and put it on their favorite porn performer's body. Um, and then that would be like their fantasy, um, which is obviously brings up huge issues of like consent and trust and, um, you know, stealing people's work and things like that. So um, yeah, we see these fakes now um, being used still to kind of create this this version of non-consensual porn um, and stealing people's work that way. Um, so it's been a, it's been an issue that's been ongoing since then. Yeah.
0: Wow. And I mean, we've experienced someone catfishing you or pretending to be someone mm-hmm. else, only for you to discover you're not talking to who you were talking to. Um, so we've experienced <clears throat> a deep fake. We have. And, or we've created one, and sometimes it's innocent, you're just doing something and you think it's like sticking it on your wall at home when you put it on social media, and it's not the same wall. It's your wall, but it's not your private wall, so you can't just right. mash up the idea of someone and think, oh, it's cool, and the person, if they saw it, they, they may not know it, they may not feel cool about it, you know? We don't think that yeah. far ahead. We We act as if we're really pinning stuff on our personal bedroom walls. So it's something yeah. <clears throat> to be mindful of. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's like, you know, you're you're talking about, like, people's fantasies, and that's what they're trying to create. Um, but then when you start spreading it online, that stuff spreads like wildfire. It just goes completely yeah. everywhere, out of control. Um, and it really quickly goes from just, like, your private hobby to something that, um, you know, people can lose their jobs over this kind of thing. If they, their employer thinks they were in porn or something, or, you know, they can – you know, just be you're harassed terribly for years um, if you, some of these things get out. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big issue.
0: Sorry about that. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is um, there is sex workers out there and then there is sex trafficking. How similar mm-hmm. or different are these? Because I'm still torn between I don't want to stop someone who wants to work in a sex feel and I don't want someone who doesn't want to work in a sex field to be forced to so I think I'm on the fence about how to feel about um, is is there support for people who are sex workers is sex working the same thing as sex trafficking I'm I'm great'm I'm, I'm not clear in that area can you help me
1: for sure yeah I think you are definitely not alone um, it's not a black and white issue it's very much Nuance. There are a lot of gray areas when we're talking about these kind of things. Um, So we can at least say, you know, if we're talking about um, the adult industry and sex work, um, you know, we can say for sure that that is uh, an industry where people are working consensually. Like they want to be there, like doing their work, making a living, you know, in a safe way, Um, and they don't want trafficking in their industry. Uh, It's very much not something that anyone wants. Um, But then you do have people who are, you know, who have, you know, not uh, the workers best interest in mind and they, you know, they might be abusive partners or, you know, a boyfriend or a husband who's, you know, forcing them into situations that they don't want to be in. And I think a lot of times when we talk about these things, we talk about either or. Um, But really, it's, you know, the adult industry has been working uh, to help prevent sex trafficking for years years and years and years and to kind of. Stop people who are exploiting um, workers you know there have been examples of like uh, classified ad sites where people would try to find um, sex workers to hire like escorts in person um, and those websites would help law enforcement and say you know we think this is something that's not above board and you know, maybe you know you should step in we're reporting this um, and unfortunately a lot of times those websites get a bad rap they get demonized because they think uh, people think oh there's exploitation happening on the websites but if you get rid of those websites you're just driving all of it further underground and it's harder to find um so yeah it's definitely it's an issue that it's hard to kind of
0: um
1: sum up <laughs> because there's so many okay. things going on within it but i think um definitely we need to kind of keep having that conversation and Uh, keep looking to people who are actually doing the work consensually and see what they're doing right and the safety measures they're taking and uh, kind of apply that to how we want to talk about exploitation and trafficking and things like that.
0: This sheds a whole lot of light on it. No, I had no idea. I didn't have an idea where I thought you were going with this. So thank you for answering (laughs) that question for me. Our time is up. I knew our time was going to go super fast. This is a hot topic. Thank you for being the journalist that you are and putting this book together, How Sex Changed the Internet and the Internet Changed Sex by Samantha Cole. Where would you like for people to pick up a copy of your book?
1: Um, anywhere books are sold. Uh, bookshop, your local bookstore, Amazon. It's out today. So, yeah, anywhere that you can find it, pick it up.
0: Fantastic. Much success as you continue to spread the word. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to This Needs to Be Said. I hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Send me your comments and show ideas through the website at tntbsmedia.com. I'd love to hear from you.